Okay. Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick um, an interesting topic and we just dive right into it for now. And it's kind of funny how the longer we do it and the more we try not to double back on topics, every once in a while we try to cheat and like double back with a different name. But point is, we don't double dip on topics. But the longer we go with that, the weirder and weirder some of our topics get. And I feel like this week's is a pretty wacky one, but in a good way, an imaginative way. Very, yeah, it's it's very, very, very different. So we should say right away that um, we had a contest over the last month, actually the last month and a half, maybe even two months, where we are going to give away three of our t-shirts to our listeners. And we asked our listeners to send in um, a silly, uh, uh, or their favorite, like, video game super move or power move or something from a game specifically or something that they've made up um, and send it to our email address rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com and we were going to pick just three at random and send you guys some merchandise so we thought today we would just pick like five of them and then just pick music tracks that might fit around those moves or around those games and just go for it so that's what we did mm-hmm. it was honestly kind of fun to go that route because people would submit a uh, move Sometimes they describe it, sometimes they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But the move itself by name had you questioning, based on this scenario, this descriptive, what game could I picture this being used in? Right. And um, and so we picked ones that were that were silly, like stuff that they've just made up. So I, we, that's what we like. We like the creative creativity side of things. You and I, when Wait. it comes to games or when it comes to even board games, we like it when it, when you are asked to be creative. Um, hey, Pernell, ask me what games I've been playing this week. What have you? Did you start Persona 5? I did. <laughs> About damn time. Which one, Royal or the base? Oh, the base one. I, I was, I'm cheapo, man. I mean, I'm like, it's my first experience. I'm going to start, start from the beginning. Okay, well, I mean, it is definitely cheaper. You miss out on that last semester, but to be honest with you, that game is so freaking long. So I know care. it's going to be so, so much. I started, the game started up, and I'm like... Yes, I mean it's it's so stylish. It's the music is so good, is so good, and I'm like, oh, that's right. This is what it's like playing a Persona game again. It's been that's so right. so long. Um, Chris Murray's been playing it. He's actually in, he's coming up on the end of it now. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy with the music. I'm happy with uh, uh, the anime styling and the characters. Um, I was I was a little like like disturbed at first in the very beginning where um like i don't know if it's a trope in these games or japanese games or just games in general but like he stops a uh, um uh, an assault on a girl but the animators had to sexualize the girl anyway while it was happening and i was like it, it was so unnecessary like it was quick and i'm glad the rest of the game isn't like that um but it, it's just something that i didn't care to see and it just put a bad taste in my mouth that made me a little upset but um, but past that again, that was short. And then the rest of it is just a Persona game. You know, a young kid discovers he has superpowers essentially. Um, but I love I love the masks. I think that's a great change to it. I didn't get very far. <laughs> well, I will. But I'll say, well, I'm going to warn you. Then there is like a little more roughness, yeah. at least early on in the game. No, I rough, feel rough, like roughness is okay, but it's the the way that it's presented from like a, pers- a certain perspective is, is a problem. I think. 
I can understand that. I, I have this, I don't know whether it's for better or worse, but I find myself, like, I'm generally, I don't want to call it desensitized, but it may well be because of how many games I play and the content of those games. Mm-hmm. So, I probably didn't pick it up the way that you did. But that's why also, like, I wouldn't be like, if you're like, I, this is what I know, so I'm going to be like, ah, and see that because really i don't know like i genuinely feel like it may it likely is there and i'm just yeah. like i'm so tuned out which i guess i don't know if that's a good thing a bad thing or none of the above it's just such a weird way to be where you're just like i just, I just i'm here <laughs> yeah. but by that same token what that also means is that when something does hit me mm-hmm. It's gotta be. It's, it's gonna be. If it hits me, it's pretty rough. <laughs> so, it's like it messed with Pernell. Holy crap! Somebody needs to look into this. Yeah, think, things things hit me. I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm I'm especially sensitive to to things like that too. So, but then that's fine. I mean, again, I'm I'm way too. I've I, I've heard. Um, aside from that, the the music, um, the the main like jazzy theme, like from when you're walking around the town, mm-hmm. is amazing. And I know I've heard like remixes of it before, but I never realized like they were from this game. I just heard the song somewhere else. It's not going to be a track in the game you don't like. I'm just be blunt. There'll be favorites, but I yeah. can't recall a single tune in the game where I was like, ah, I could turn this one down. Yeah. Everything's good. Like the game works. Like there's a reason why I talked it up so much for years, yeah. despite the fact that I still claim it's not like my favorite Persona game or SMT game. But by that same token, I like it so much that I would never despair someone who claimed it was their favorite. Yeah. Like, no, that makes total sense to me <laughs> because yeah. it's that good. Yeah, I was like, I was sitting down and um, Christy was like, hey, I want to read. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, and I haven't played a game in a while. But like the RPG I'm playing, CrossCode, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I couldn't get into it anymore. There, it's so much of a grind and the grind isn't fun. You know, like I'm just not into the battle anymore. I just, I feel like it's uh, the pace, that it's paced too far apart that I'm just not into it. It's know. kind of funny that you say that too. I was into it at first, but I'm not into it anymore. I just I was so slow, and like there's good parts to the game, but like it's spread out by all of this, like fight four of these things, fight five of these things, level up by doing this over and over again, and it just wasn't fun anymore for me. And I was actually just in a JRPG chat group where some guy, you know, there's like this Joker meme from the movie Joker that people would reuse a lot, where one guy will make a comment, he'll go. You be, do you mean to tell me X? And then the Joker guy will go, "Yes, I, yes, I am serious, and I'm tired of pretending that it's not." <laughs> in this case, uh, it was the guy was saying, "You're trying to tell me that Crosscode is the best action RPG out there right now?" And he's like, "Yes, it is." And I'm like, "I like it. It's good, but I'm not. I'm not really sold on the best. Could you sell me?" And they were being very pedantic, but I guess again, that's what it is when you're like in a bleep posting group. Yeah. But still, um, sometimes they're genuinely serious. It's good. I mean, like it's great. The music. I'm gonna go back through and just like get the OST and just listen through the OST because it's phenomenal. But like, I, it's just I just didn't want to get through it anymore. And then when I, I was like, you know, what? that's just a good opportunity for me to play something I know I want to get into. I want to fall into a game where I'm like you know what, I got a couple hours to kill, maybe I can just grind, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, And and this is going to be that game. Because <laughs> before, I was like, Final Fantasy X, I know what's up, I'm just going to grind in Final Fantasy X. Uh, but no, I want something new, this is new, I'm doing it. It's a, it's You'll new. get an actual new plot. I'll get a new, uh, new experience. <laughs> you can be surprised by a narrative again, remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But aside from that, no, I'm still, um, um, I'm still playing a lot of DDR um, here, so I'm writing um, step charts 
for um, co- online competitions and for community packs now. <laughs> huh. I'm doing a DJ mixes for those step charts. So they're like 30 minutes, 20 minutes of music. And then it's just nonstop. Um, You're officially all in on it. I'm officially all in. This is, this is essentially where I was like 10, 15 years ago. And I'm just doing it again. I just, you know, four days a week. And then I'm back into running super hardcore. So on the weekends, I'm doing over 10 miles and during the week on Jesus crap during, today I ran my fastest 5k I'm super excited about that yeah, there's some serious envy there I'm not even on a front <laughs> envy envy I'm still fighting the calorie hit like I'm trying to balance that out just right because I'm still tired all the time and I'm trying to eat more yeah. but it's a matter of what am I eating and then I am well this, this is a was and the other thing about it, I was like this is and this is going to be all month so no one be surprised but I hate this month yeah. and as a result everything just kind of takes a weird taper effect over me. I'm gonna tell so, you man this month don't beat yourself up over this stuff. You know if you're gonna beat yourself up then beat yourself up. You know working out. Stop and that's work. honestly kind of what I've been getting back yeah. into trying to do at least to kind of help because it does help taper off yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But. uh the side effect to that is that I'm also like, now I'm like, man, I'm not making any progress. There's no progress. I'm too tired. I'm too tired. And it's like, what the heck am I doing wrong? The guy's like, what did you eat today? I'm like, I had a nutter butter. I had a, I had a bowl of cereal. I had half, half a granola. <laughs> What's a half a granola? <laughs> like I found a way. But like ultimately what it means is that I don't particularly badly and I don't eat particularly well. I just kind of have fluctuating periods where some days I eat a lot, so yeah. don't eat much. And some days I just forget to eat at all. But uh, yeah, so what ends up happening, yeah. like I'll go to work out and it's like, do 10 punches. I'm like, it's like done at like three. Like I can't do anything. I'll tell you what, I wake up, I have protein shake and then I do whatever. And then I have cereal with banana or this morning I had granola. And then at 10 o'clock, I had uh, a granola bar at 12 o'clock. I had a huge ass sandwich and a bunch of um, Triscuits. And then at three o'clock I had yogurt with a whole bunch of nuts. And then at five o'clock I had a big bowl of vegetable soup that I made last night. So that's the weird thing there is like you don't, you never eat heavy, but you eat frequently. Yeah. And then, but like, yeah, enough. And then uh, tomorrow, no, not tomorrow, but like Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to do my long run. So the night before... I'm going to eat a uh, second helping of dinner and drink a ton of water so that in the next morning when I go out to do whatever, I am fully hydrated. So you do carry over a battery from the previous night, essentially. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. does. That is a thing. Yeah. Your body is a sponge, you know, like it's so that whole it thing about do- eating before bed and you get fat is not true. No video game content. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it is, uh, but like the water certainly is, is a huge part of that. So because it doesn't just sit in your stomach it has to hydrate through your body because it's your body is porous you know you're mostly water also speaking of that i gotta say one last thing because yeah. I, I was something i read the other day that was hilarious somebody i can't remember why they said it but it was related to you know people typical you know i hate you know masks talk and stuff like that but what came about in this dialogue these guys were having was someone someone prominent mind you it wasn't just some random guy it was a person who's got influence um, had the audacity to say, and if I'm wrong about this, I'll totally crow, but I'm not. They said that when you you sweat to remove toxins from your body. Oh, people say and that. And I was all like, no, you no. don't. You sweat to your body. The whole purpose of sweating is to cool your body down yeah. and lower the body temperature. That's it. 
That's the only thing Squirt yeah. does. That, that's what makes humans like amazing endurance, you know, animals compared to like dogs who are covered in fur. And the only way they're able to expel heat is through their mouths. We do it through our mm-hmm. whole bodies. That's right. So, but yeah. Also, but apparently we're toxins. dropping toxins. <laughs> Toxic removal. Well, like, what are you when, talking when about? When you burn fat, it does come out through your breath and through your, um, uh, and through your urine, but it goes out through your breath. So. But they ain't. But you ain't burning toxin. Like, oh crap! I I, just, I ingested poison. Better sweat. No, yeah, it's it's <laughs> terrible. That's not a great way to think about it. That, that's I don't think so. Uh, anyway, this is a video game uh, podcast. Well, mainly a music podcast, but uh, music with video games adjacent. So uh, we had did we talk about this already? I can't remember. We talked about it earlier. We had a contest to give away T-shirts. We did talk about this. Thank God. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a contest to give away t-shirts. At the end of this episode, we're going to announce the three winners. Um, and they are going to be of these top five people that we are going to pick tracks from for today's show. And Pranal, guess what? Today is episode 25-1. It is the start of season 25. I'm believe- so odd. Can you believe it, man? It's huge. We, we've come a long way. Well, Can we get to season 50? Oh, God. Maybe. I don't know. You and I are going to be like 50 years old. <laughs> Welcome to Rhythm no. and Pixels. No, no, actually. No. I like music and I'll be, rhythmic beats. I'll be 45. So that's not so bad. Or now that you get your PlayStation 7. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation 7. I will get the PlayStation 5 when the 6 comes out. That's what I'm going to do. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a very logical way to go about yeah, it. I got plenty of games to play. Especially considering how difficult it is to get a five. Oh, I should also right announce that um, I replaced the uh, the the server, the laptop I was running as a server for the music radio station, for the, the Rhythm and Pixels radio station. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's running a little bit better. Um, I updated the artwork, and added more music to it. Um, I'm really proud of it. So if you want to check it out, it's at YouTube.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. But let's get into the music. So Pranel, let's start with announcing. The person and the super move, and then what we chose. Okay, you go, so, ahead, you go ahead and pick whatever. Okay, I guess I'll start with uh, Chris Murray's because I kind of liked his yeah, move. Yeah, it was funny. And I just, it ties into my life right now. <laughs> um, so Chris Murray says, "A nod to unreasonable." To an unreasonable number of Zoom video calls that I'm on these days, I present you with the move. You're on mute. This move distracts the enemy mid-attack, rendering it useless, and thus takes control of the fight in order to deliver a knockout blow. I like that. It's very, uh, very current. <laughs> now, keep in mind, when I chose my stuff, it was not, not necessarily a protagonist move. It could be a, an enemy move, too. Just I just thought it fit. So, and this particular first choice definitely runs on that so this game this track is called trickster and it comes from the game destiny connect TikTok travelers for the nintendo switch i think it was on ps4 also and it's composed by yuki nari irumagawa
right, welcome back. You are listening to Trickster from the game TikTok Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers for the Switch and or PS4, composed by Yuki Nari Rumagawa, who, in my opinion, is a serious up and comer on the VGM composition scene because the entirety of the OST for this game is just splendid, this spectacular. Is a, a, this is an amazing song. As we were listening to it, I'm like, wow, it just keeps getting better. Like, there's so many cool parts. Mm-hmm. I love like the, the battle theme, and this is really good too. And the town music, all oh, I just love it. This is not the battle theme. No, this is the boss theme. Oh, it's a boss theme. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a boss theme. Yeah, it sounds like something something heavy is happening. But man, when like the the rhythm like goes like halftime, and then oh, it's cool. And that that, that synth section in the middle. So mm-hmm. so why'd you pick uh why'd you pick a trickster for this one? So in this particular game, there's an actual enemy character who goes by the name Junk Benny. He's a boss you fight, though eventually, you know, as RPGs tend to do, he becomes a normal jerk enemy later with a different name. But Junk Benny is an electronic monster that is composed of a bunch of TVs and monitors that are stacked atop each other and wired together and connected, and they're all controlled by one sentient being. Like, one electric vibe is, like, controlling all the TVs, and its face is displayed on every one of the televisions. So picture a Zoom conversation on your monitor and it's a bunch of people's faces across a bunch of different screen snippets. So I'm imagining this monster or something equivalent to it in this game with a bunch of faces and like words and stuff communicating across the screens. And the idea is that while you're running in to attack it, like one of particular screens makes a really loud noise. Like it just shuts everything else down. The one screen creates an image. It gets really loud. It distracts the upon the the hero. And then while the hero's distracted, thus interrupting their attack, the robot then just kind of blindsides them with like a freaking like <laughs> 55 inch monitor across the head and just like sends them flying across the screen. Oh, um, which would be amazing. But then the alternative would be like if a hero could do something like this, mm. it wouldn't be as elaborate because obviously the description of the move that he created provided generally sort of almost relies on you having something that would distract and when i think about what heroes could do the best thing i come up with would be like a combo attack where the hero is like about to like run up to the enemy and as he's running up he just blows a giant air like, <laughs> and the enemy's like what the heck's going on and at the same time another yeah, guy's yeah. coming from the side with a baseball bat like gotcha Boom! It just goes clocks him upside the head, which like, would be pretty hilarious. Definitely like a surprise, like a surprise attack, almost kind of thing. Um, and, it, mm-hmm. and, we're, and because we're listening to this music, we're thinking of RPGs. But the um, so my pick is completely different. Um, so uh, 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 and and actually, this might be a, like kind of the opposite of this move that we're talking about. Um, so um, I'll think about that when we listen to it. <laughs> but this is from the game Oddworld: Abe's Odyssey. The track is called Rupture Farms for the Sony PlayStation, and this one's composed by Ellen Myers.
right, we're back. Um, you're listening to Rupture Farms from the game Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Ellen Myers. Um, and I'm just kind of cut through the middle of the track here because it is very ambient, noisy stuff. So the music of Oddworld has always been just like uh, 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 noises and factory noises in the background. Every once in a while, there's a little bit of a bass line, a little bit of a beat. But this game is all about sneaking around in the evil corporation to take down the um, the aliens who are trying to eat the people that they've enslaved. So, um, so Oddworld... Oddworld is all about an alien alien race of creatures, right? And they have magic powers. And then there's another alien race of creatures who who are, you know, manufacturing, you know, weapons or whatever. They take these people, these magical people, and they enslave them to work in their factories. And to prevent them from using their magic, they sew their mouths shut. That's why they had their mouths sewed on all the on the advertisements. Yeah, it's awful. And um, and so in the second game, it's all about um, rupture farms, which is like um, it's like it's kind of a tongue in cheek of like you know you go to like the grocery store and there's the um, there's like the uh, like nature's factory or nature's like earth blend you know like the kind of um, uh, of uh, uh, um, what's it called uh, organic you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. the organic all factory. natural exactly but um, as you play through the game you discover that you know it's made of you know these the, the ingredients are your friends are the other enslaved alien people. So, um, and they're, and they're manufacturing their own stuff and they're eating their own people as well. So it's, Aww. so the game it's is like green style. Yeah. So the game is discovering that you still have magic powers that you, you essentially break through the bonds in your mouth to cast magic and you can control the aliens who are enslaving you to try to save. Yeah, I remember because I remember the game when you do the magic, he'll go like (laughs) I love how I'm doing that. Anyone can see it, but he raises his hand. He's kind of like twiddling his finger. He makes that sound. So it's essentially the game runs like um, like Prince of Persia or Flashback. um, Those those types of games. So it's kind of hard to control because it's very cinematic uh, platformy, but it's a puzzle game because you're trying to save everybody else and there's just there's guns and there's spikes and there's pits and it's so hard to keep everybody alive. Like you're not expected to, to save everybody. In fact, you're going to accidentally kill a bunch of them. Uh, but it's really good. So, and, so for this, this the uh, the you're on mute is the evil corporation um, enslaving the the magical aliens by sewing their mouths shut. No. So it's pretty terrible. <laughs> I love these games, man. I love puzzles. I love how dark it was. It really is just you just really There's a lot of them too. Like I remember there being quite a few yeah. of them. Well, maybe not a lot. Maybe like, I think there was like three of them, but no, they're still prominent even today. Like yeah. I think there was this one of the most valuable Vita games. I know that. Yeah, physical I think, Vita games. I want to say this one might have been re-released or it's it's going to be re-released on an, an, an HD version. But there there are other games that came out on the original Xbox and stuff, but they're nothing like these. They're they're like first-person shooters essentially. They make no sense. Um, I was like not, Munch's Odyssey. Yeah, Munch's Odyssey, stuff like that. I didn't get into any of that stuff. But these first two games are—they have so much soul. They're—they're—they're they're, they're beautiful. Are they super bad? <laughs> so much soul. They're super bad. bad. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our next um, super move. You should choose the actual move, and then I'll go from there. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'll be choosing them all. Okay. Yeah, I was—I was thinking that too. All right. Well, I was gonna go with. Here we go. This is from uh, Ian Snyder. 
Okay, and so Ian Snyder says, I've been listening to your YouTube radio station almost every day lately. My super move is the trundling sloth slam burrito. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I don't know. A trundling, I don't know what trundling is. The sloth, I understand. And a slam burrito sounds delicious. Yes, it does. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know why. Actually, who am I kidding? I totally know why. My thought immediately gravitated towards, well, large people or large critters and (laughs) also particularly lazy ones hence the sloth so it was a case of me trying to focus on this and choosing a cover but it was also a track that is extremely short as a loop but i'm still gonna go with it because i think this is too good to not use this character in this theme so this would have been a bonus round track if we were doing the usual so i'm just gonna do bonus track bonus um And this track is from the game Final Fantasy IV. This is a cover, a tuba cover, of the Fat Chocobo theme. And it was covered by Playing With Power. Oh, it's the the group? It's one guy. One guy, all right. Who's playing with power. He's playing with with tubas. Tuba power. (laughs) Tuba power. listening to or were listening to the fat chocobo theme tuba cover from the game final fantasy 4 covered by playing with power that was and i i have always loved the mm. fat chocobo theme i used to make this i used to hum it well not really hum it but I used to burp, 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 <laughs> the sound i used to do this in grade uh, school and everything i was obsessed with this thing as short funny. as the loop is, is and the, the idea behind it why would i choose the fat chocobo well I would wager that a move called the Trundling Sloth Slam Burrito would need to be performed by someone who is super thick and has to be someone who actually owns their thickness. And I don't know of too many video game characters that own said thickness quite like the fat Chocobo does. In fact, he makes it his whole utility. He eats your items for you mm. and then coughs them back up. They don't show that they don't show him doing it, but you know that's what he's doing. I'm trying to think of um, other video game characters that own their thickness. I, I think I, I would say Dr. Eggman, but his legs are tiny. He's just a round ball. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything with his weight. He's just kind of there, you know? Yeah, maybe um, like a Snorlax. Yeah, Snorlax would, and so with, uh, so with Slacking, honestly. Mm-hmm. His entire gimmick is he, he loses turns because he just doesn't feel like doing anything. You know, Pokemon are like the Simpsons of of the video game world. You can be like, oh, they've got they, they've done that. They've done that. You can you can pick a Pokemon for anything. Like you can pick a Simpsons episode for anything. <laughs> that is a perfectly cromulent assessment, Rob. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but like it's uh, it's just 
I like I it's, like this. It's just so good. Like the and obviously the way the move would work, and I think this has even already been done in later games because I know they brought the fat chocobo back in future games as either a boss character or a summons. But essentially, it is exactly as the name says. Um, he basically slams down on the ground, <laughs> takes a nap atop your body, and then rolls off of you, <laughs> thereby pressing you into a nice, tasty burrito. I think it's fitting. I think it works. I think whoever gets attacked by this move is going to really feel it. Yes. Now, in the case of Fat Chocobo in Final Fantasy IV, and why it would work there, well... Exactly as it sounds, that picture it being like a rewrite of Final Fantasy IV where you can actually summon the fat chocobo to help you if you give him enough items and don't take them away from him. Like, yeah, you they, just let him hold on to so much stuff. He's like, I can do this, guys. Yeah, so Put me in, coach. The, the, the fat chocobo should be a summon in all future Final Fantasy games. He should be. Uh, I know he's like, I, said, I think he's a boss in Final Fantasy fourteen, hmm. but I wouldn't want to fight him. He's too cute. All right. So for the track that I picked, I was I, I was I was stuck on the words slam burrito. <laughs> and I'm like, I have seen burritos and tacos in, a, in an NES game. And it was in my mind. And I've, I could see them there. And I couldn't remember what game it was. And it finally hit me. It was um, the game. Probably I was the only one in the world who liked this game when it came out. But uh, street, uh, Skater Die 2, the search for double trouble. <laughs> Uh, which has some of the best music on the NES, honestly. I, I feel like that game had a mixed reception because, like, I remember liking it, but I remember magazines being like, "This doesn't play anything like Street Skater Die One." No, it doesn't. It's it's an adventure game with some other elements thrown into it. It's it's weird. It's definitely weird. But um, I'll talk about why I picked it. But this is a call. This song is a it's a it's a cutscene music, and it's actually like it's cinematic. So you're gonna listen to this song, and the song's gonna tell you a story about the slam burrito so i want you to listen <laughs> so this is a it's called a half pipe situation music i think this is this part of the game where um because they're going to build a half pipe and then they lose the the plans for the half pipe and they have to go find well, them. that's why they're going around the locations to locate the blueprints yeah that's on the beach and then he has to go get a job at the mall there's a lot of weird parts of this game but this is a, the half pipe situation music it's composed by none other than rob hubbard
we're back. That was the half pipe situation music from Skate or Die 2, The Search for Double Trouble. Die, 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 die. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Uh, for the NES, composed by Rob Hubbard. Man, that is, again, it's it's a very cinematic game, essentially. Like, in between these, these stages, which are these long adventure stages, like adventure game-style stages where you're on a skateboard the whole time, um, are these long cutscenes. And I don't remember this cutscene being that long. I think there's more music composed for the cutscene than there actually is in the game. Um, so, but yeah, it's, mean, a, it's hmm? did you finish it? Because it might maybe it plays later on or something. You might reuse the sound. As a kid, I've gotten to the last stage, but the last stage was like a maze in quotation mark. You know, where like every every room looks the same and you get lost. Ah, uh, uh, those are the worst. Yeah, I'm like, how are you ever gonna figure this out? Um, but okay, so in this game you collect cassette tapes, and you collect. I think you collect CDs. I don't, I don't think CDs were around. You collect cassette tapes. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be CDs yet. And you collect tacos. You collect burritos, and you don't collect them for food. You collect them as currency to get upgrades for your tricks and upgrades to your skateboard. Just imagine like going with guys like yo, I found these five tacos yeah. on the ground. Would you like them? <laughs> so the um, so from Skater Die One, there's Lester and Rodney. They're like the guys who sell you. Um, I think they're they're like the guys in the main menu who are like, where do you want to go today? And like, what what game do you want to play? Essentially. Um, and just they, to get it out of the way, yes, Rodney is literally meant to be Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, he looks like Rodney Dangerfield, but with like a mohawk. Um, and then, but in this game, they're running around on skateboards, and if and what you do is you run into them in the stage and they sell you like oh you want to be able to do like a kickflip or you want to be able to do like this sort of ollie but these all of these skateboarding moves are essentially like upgrades to like maneuvering through the stage otherwise it's like super hard because you're constantly flying past where you need to go um it's It's a challenging game it's a very challenging game. it's very interesting but the music is so good it doesn't deserve to be in this game you know what i mean like it's it's well composed. It sounds amazing. The sound effects are crazy. Are you saying the game isn't good enough to have good music? <laughs> I liked it a lot, but I, I think that the, uh, the the music is the music is uh it stands out a little bit more than what the game is. So I got hooked on the slam burrito, and in this game, I'm like, yeah, you're slamming down these burritos so that you can buy a new skateboard to to go save the half pipe, so the kids have a place to go. <laughs> It's, it's the whole thing. Be. It's like the uh, it's the whole thing where like, oh man, we gotta raise money to save the orphanage, so we have to have a skiing contest. I forget. I don't know, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, yeah. It's got yeah, Rodney Dangerfield, Lester, um, Dangerfield, Lester Dangerfield. <laughs> okay, proud. but yeah, but but the, but the move, the move. Oh, the move. The move is the slam burrito, man. You're just slamming down burritos. <laughs> You're just eating. You're just eating the burritos. You sl- you slam That's... down the burritos, and and it, nom, nom, nom. and it gives you um it gives you gold for that, and then you can spend the gold on skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's just the like, best what's the move? You get hungry and you eat. No, you're not necessarily hungry. I'm just saying you're just gonna slam some burritos. Slam <laughs> burritos. You know, just a couple couple dudes slamming burritos. Does it give you a speed boost? <laughs> I could. It's whatever you want to spend it on. But it's slothy. Uh, I mean, yeah. I told you, I didn't. I I I wasn't looking at sloth. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I, I just had to. I was like, I like the press. Like, what does he do? Every Tell time, me more about it. We do stuff like this on the show. I'm like, man, I am lazy. 
pronounce it. You're coming up with all this stuff, and I'm like, I like burritos. The trade-off is like Rob does all the work on the show for like editing and prepping it and stuff, and I'm the guy that's just like, I can talk, and I'm going to bed. So <laughs> I think it's a fair trade where it's like, well, Purnell, get really weird with your stuff, and I'll just kick back and go yeah. eat a burrito. Yeah, just get weird with it. Just get weird with it. All right, so let's go <laughs> on to our next uh, next special move. All right, well, I'm going to choose the next one, and I think I'm going to go with Sonic Metley's, mainly because I want to hear this track. Yeah. And because I genuinely was happy when I read his move, and I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> it's an excuse to go to this game again. Um, so oh, his see. move <laughs> is called, actually, I guess he calls it Ultra Glitch, but I'll read the description in full. He says, my unique video game super character will be named Byron Airy, as in Binary. Uh, and his super move would be Ultra Glitch, <laughs> where I would explode into binary matrix style code and glitch break the world to his thus. Oh, okay. I would explode into, he would explode into a binary matrix style code and glitch break the world to his whim, thus the title of the move. The system would work similarly to the game mechanics in Scribblenauts, and you would be able to call on an endless array of weapons slash summons, magic, land masses, etc. to achieve your objectives. Pretty cool, right? And then you put a top secret code in there, which reads out as Ultra Glitch, but it's all in binary. It's all in binary. He went all in on it. So I can't, you got to appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And man. appreciate we did. He put it in. He put it in. So, bro, what, uh, what music did you pick for the Ultra Glitch? So I had to go with this game because I feel like I'm, I need to think more about games that involve glitchiness. And when I think about glitches, not particularly like, well, this game has a glitch where if you just walk into this wall, I mean like games where glitches are a part of the game. Um, and I, so I went with this cause I wanted to play this track from the game. Eventually now's the time. This is from death End request Two, And the track title is called running out of miracles. And it's composed by Yuki Sugiura for the PlayStation four. Welcome back. You were just listening to 
Running Out of Miracles from the game Death End Request 2 for the PlayStation 4, composed by Yuki Sugiura. I have wanted to put this track on the show since I heard it in the game like two months ago, most particularly because it freaking slaps and it's hard it's hardcore as anything too oh man this is I, once it started i'm like whoa wait a minute this this is heavy like i know that some of the music in this game is heavy this is like that's the thing though this is in this game this is it like there's no other track that hits like this one does and when it happens in the game it's something like holy crap <laughs> it's getting real now this is the final boss that's track so, in the game that's so interesting to me like it's, a, it's like an artistic choice that like it stands out from everything else that when you're playing the game you're like wait a minute something is so different and it's not visually it's not part of the writing it's the music that's telling the you the music and it adds that extra heft to you because i the, the fight felt heavy like the battle itself feels heavy because the music is heavy and the stakes are high in the game for it too honestly um though the funniest thing about it is that i had to listen to it play non-stop for like two hours and i didn't get bored of it thank heavens for that but uh it's, it's i not, think it's i may not, just be weird in that regard it's not a long loop too it's kind of it's, it's fairly short for for a game track like a, of of a recent game track you know what i mean yeah, like it, I would have, I would, you would have expected to have like a bit more like sections to it or something. Well, it's, it says like you know, it's it's kind of short and then it loops kind of short, but like you're still not getting bored of it after like an hour or two. Yeah, yeah. and I'm glad too, because like I say like <laughs> it was a battle that was a pain in the butt. Don't go on YouTube and look for people who beaten it though, because those people are better than me. Why that? Are they just grinded? beforehand whereas i just kind of was like rushing to get grinded. to the end of the game they ground. i did not grind they grounded they grounded they grounded they, gr- they grounded <laughs> exactly what they the proper form um but no i just kind of rushed the final dungeon and stuff and a lot of times i was like you know what battles are so easy i don't want to deal anymore i just want to get to the end and because i like the story i'm not in it for the battle i'm in it for the story so i rushed to the end which meant i was extremely underpowered getting killed in one hit most particularly by the bosses, one of the bosses' final tests, which is just literally called Glitch, mm. where they just kind of just negate everything and just kills you. And if you're not playing well, they could literally kill your entire party in one turn just by using Glitch. So it was pretty broken. Oh, wow. Is that, so is there a way to anticipate that happening? or is it Nope. Just, oh, come on. Really? Nope. You just got to not die. <laughs> and I was struggling. The fact that I even beat the game was amazing. Because I flat out said at that time, I was like, if I lose... I will not beat this game because I'm not doing this again. So Sonic it's Med- now or never. So Sonic Medley's special move is OP. Can't we can't? It literally be OP. And the reason why I picked this game, aside from just the idea of like you know the boss using that move, is the fact that as I referenced on the show in the past, the big secret of the Death and Request series is that the world you live in is actually computer coded. So there are certain people who have a particular ability to hack the world, more or less. And there are characters who could literally do what Sonic Medley suggested, which is do a little thing here and there, summon giant monsters to fight for them, summon like weird stuff to come from the size. Like there's that one special type the guy can do where he changes the world into a genre of video game and your attacks are built around that. Like you like shooter. So for this moment, your character's like shooting a bunch of like colorful balls just because they did that. Um, and that was something like a platform where like now they can stomp enemies and weird mess like that. So it's like, I feel like his description and the way this game interprets the universe it takes place in, his attack would be a perfect fit for Death and Request, the Death and Request universe. Oh. So now, I think like this attack is also perfect for the game Axiom Verge, which I'm surprised we haven't played more music from this game. 
Uh, it, was, it was really good. There's something about a, a, a Metroidvania or you know a, a exploration platformer that just mm-hmm. I get addicted to it. If it's good and if it's easy to pick up and just play at any time, I get hooked to these things and I just can't put them down. And so I think this track is called Trace Rising from Axiom Verge. This was composed by Thomas Happ. And I need to play this darn thing. It's, oh, it's, it's not long. Too. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun.
All right, we're back. You are listening to uh, Trace Rising from Axiom Verge, composed by Thomas Happ. And yeah, I picked this track mainly because I love, I did love this game, and I love the music from this game too. Especially this track, it reminds me of like mid '80s, late '80s uh, synth pop or synth wave pop. Um, so I do enjoy, yeah, good cheesy like techno drums and fun synthesizer bass sounds. Um, but yeah, so in Axiom Verge, there are like what we were talking as the as the as the track was playing was that there are so many weapons in this game that you'll never touch because there's just there's just so many to choose from that you end up kind of creating your own playstyle throughout the game. But because this is a Metroidvania, there are certain items that will help you get from one area to a new area, or it'll open opportunities to get to other parts of the world that were previously unavailable to you. And one of them is the glitch gun. And I had to bring this up for the for the ultra glitch because the glitch <laughs> because the glitch gun essentially like because the game has is, is, is got like a 16 bit style to it and because okay. the game takes place I think within like within a, a, a computer world right so you're exploring this computer world and there's aliens and stuff happening inside of it so when you use this item against certain walls and stuff it actually changes the sprite tiles to something different. So it, oh, okay. yeah, so like you, it's either like an empty tile or something that you can actually break apart, or you can try to you, you try to pass through it, and you as you level this up, you can pass through further and further and further, and you essentially glitch through the stage. Like, have you ever seen a um, a glitched like Mario game or a glitched Mega Man game where someone gets into the wall and it zips ahead to another part of the level? Yeah, I've seen that. There's been like a couple of speed runs of games where they use it to like just cheat their way through the yeah, entire exactly. game. Because because like what they're doing is they're eventually going out of bounds, and the game says, "Okay, put them on the next pixel to the right," and the next pixel to the right is like four stages over. <laughs> so <laughs> it essentially does that in this game. You get you can get yourself stuck in places, and it just kind of pushes you ahead to other other areas. You can get yourself killed by accident. It's, I must uh, say, is there a way where this game where they didn't design it where in a way where you could actually get stuck and have to start over? Right? I can't remember if I did. I remember. I, I vaguely remember getting stuck, but being able to get out eventually. But you can you can get yourself into bad situations with this thing, and I think that's what's really cool about it. So the ultra glitch for me is um, you got to use wisely. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a power that comes with great responsibility. Yeah, as yeah. One particular uncle would say it's that's the monkey's paw of video game super moves, right? You know. It, oh, you can do all sorts of things, but it's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes with a free frogger. Comes with a price. All right, so we are on to our uh, our fourth our fourth special move. Indeed. All right. So that? I checked the last one. So at this point, it's almost funny. You got a twist between two. <laughs> All right. So this is from Matt's Holmquist, and I, I, this is I love this one. It was just one sentence. My move is the seven twenty fishing rod ultimate smackdown exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> he just left the wall, just left it open. Like, what does this even do? 720 Fishing Rod Ultimate Smackdown. So it's like... Booyah! Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like... It's a fishing wrestling game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's mashed up those two genres before. Someone found a way. And their name is Matt. Matt, he's thinking about it. It's 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 been up in his brain for a while. It's going to be the next big uh, iOS game. People are going to play on their phones. Pokemon Go is out the door. It's just <laughs> now it's just 720 fishermen. All right, so what did you pick for the 720 fishing rod ultimate smackdown? Well, I'll talk about the why shortly, but the <laughs> game I chose was 
Well, the track I chose is called Struggle 3, and it's from the game Radiata Stories for the PlayStation 2, and it's composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. Welcome back. You are listening to Struggle 3 from the game Radiata Stories for the PlayStation 2, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. And I chose this track, well, this game, well, the track 2, honestly, because this is a battle theme from Radiata Stories. Shouldn't surprise anybody listening that I primarily stuck with RPGs because my world is RPG games. So, of course, I want to fit attacks into those styles of games as much as I can. Um, but... The reason why I chose Radio um, Struggle 3 is because it's a battle theme that's got a lot of energy and it's very hectic and frantic, which would kind of need to be the case in the case of someone using a move called 720 Fishing Rod Ultimate Smackdown. Um, <laughs> and the game Radiata Stories is because I won't say it was a particular time in video gaming, but just across like the last, I don't know, across the gamer verse in the time spectrum. There were these occasional moments where a developer would come up with a game where the idea was you could recruit people from all walks of life. People who have no business being on a battlefield otherwise, but duty calls, so here we go. And sometimes that could even include a fisherman. A fisherman with a knack for skateboarding and wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) So in this case, I could easily picture a guy working at the bar. You know, just hanging out at the bar, getting drunk, and then going to the pond to fish all day, just having a laid-back, slow life. And then one day, the evil army comes and, you know, encroaches on his town, and the blade of light shows up and says, "Hey, man, I need help. I'm I'm basically looking to recruit new people for my unit." 
And then, of course, the fisherman goes, well, maybe if you can help me find the legendary skateboard of, you know, of Fisherman's Keep. He's like, a what? He's like, yeah, well, skateboard, but it's tailored specifically for fishermen. Mm. I like to fish and I like the board, but I want this special board. And if you can retrieve it for me, I will join you. And you promise him, which means, okay, he'll come along with you. Mm. But he doesn't actually truly get his full potential met until you find that skateboard and give it to him. Because once you do, you unlock his ultimate move, 720 Fishing Rod Ultimate Smackdown. Mm. And I feel like the way it would have to work would have to be really, really absurd in the form of this person going out, summoning the skateboard, and goes in this really weird scenario where he goes into a sick trick where he comes off of a ramp, comes down, because you know it's an RPG, so they always just like always have a ramp nearby or they summon one or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. he goes up the ramp, he does a 720, comes down, but he doesn't break the spin. He keeps spinning as he's coming down the ramp. And he's spinning and he's spinning. And he throws his fishing rod while he's spinning because this works somehow. And it goes in the pond and he fishes up a giant monster from the lake. And this monster just comes up and throws like a blast of water at the enemies. But yeah. while the other guy is spinning on the skateboard, he's also generating wind, a la tornado. Oh my God. So the water hits the wind, yeah. creates the ultimate smackdown, and it creates this creates massive tsunami wave that just smacked out. Just the <laughs> ultimate smackdown just takes everybody out and does insane damage. Oh my God. And the landscape is not harmed one bit. Because well, <laughs> why would it be? I can tell you where that skateboard came from. Let's take it oh. all the way back to 1986 in the arcades. This is 720 degrees, the video game. That's a lot of degrees. Yeah, it's it's all the way around and a little bit further. <laughs> <laughs> twice? <laughs> Maybe even twice. Um, <laughs> all right, so which one did I pick from this guy? Uh, this is a background music 11. I think this is for the downhill stage, but um, this is a special skateboard for this game. So... 720 degrees for the arcade. This is um I, I don't have which composer, but I have a, a team of composers for this game. Hal Cannon, Earl Vickers, and Brad Fuller for the Atari game 720 degrees. back that was B background music bgm 11 from 720 degrees uh for the arcade 1986 atari arcade composed by hal cannon earl vickers and brad fuller man this game i love this game i was obsessed with it in the arcades um they had one at the spaceport at the concord mall mm -hmm. and it was the classic cabinet the cabinet for this thing is unusual it's super tall um the top of it the marquee looks like an enormous boom box and you have one joystick that's actually at an angle on a um, on a spinning dial, so it's like it spins around, and that's how you can that's how you point your character, and you have one move for kick, and not kick kick. It's for like, you know actually you know pushing yourself on the skateboard, 
and the other one for jumping. And it's, it's at a weird, like, um, isometric view. And it's just like this enormous skate park where there's pits and horrible bees trying to chase you and skeletons. And now, are there tricks you can do, or is it more like just maneuvering yeah, around the tricks. environment? If you jump over um, uh, pits, if you jump over water, you get points. And you use those points and you get money, and you use that money to go into other parts of the skate park to do like the downhill race to do like the half pipe and you do all sorts of crazy stuff and that there was oh, so a, you pay the money to expand the park yeah and, and it's essentially go to other levels there was an nes version of this game that was very very good but the um the, the atari games from this era i love the sound that they produce from the arcade machines are so unique like they're so big like you, you once i started playing you were like whoa yeah big that this is 1986 mm. and an atari yeah well i guess this is the arcade version but even still, like the music coming out of this game is not something I would have expected to hear yeah, in 1986. It's so interesting. It's it's analog sounding, but it's definitely FM synthesis. Um, if you if you've ever heard if you've ever seen an original Donkey Kong cabinet, like the sound that gets produced out of those machines, it's so unique. It's not like the same sound chip or the same, you know, audio being recorded for all of these things. It's so interesting and uh, a place a place in time that I I really appreciate. So for me, this is the special skateboard. This is the special skateboard that also um, slams on people with fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did say you did. You typically will do like a skate park thing where like air there, you'll, you'll jump over a pond or whatnot. Yeah, there's lots of ponds. So I'm, I'm imagining this skateboard like going over the pond and then like magnetizing fish to it and then landing on your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> smash! And that's the fish smash. <laughs> I don't know. I'm reaching on this one, but I know, this song's cool. Um, it's just I don't it know. could be something nice like uh, if you think about it, like if the game involves you doing tricks mm-hmm. the tricks are done primarily based on like where you do the jumps it could be something wacky like you do, you're on a level that has a pond and when you jump over the pond and do the 720 it actually instigates the rest of the attack where you fish up all the all the fish just start rocketing out of the pond like a geyser and just like splash everywhere Oh, interesting. All right, so there's a bunch of re-releases for this game. I just, I'm sorry, I had the wiki, Wikipedia pulled up. Uh, I knew it was on the NES, but there was a bunch. It came out on a lot of the uh, like the Commodore 64 and the Amstrad um, computers. What's the latest system it came out on? The latest system it came out on that it was re-released on was Midway Arcade Origins in 2012. Hmm. That was uh, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. It says... It says here Lego Dimensions. That's weird. I don't know why. I, it's a maybe it's a, it was a. I can't imagine where the association comes, but I can picture it being like some weird game you could unlock. Yeah, I, I have no idea why it would be in a weird Lego, like a Lego adventure title. So, anyway, that that's an interesting one. So we are on to our last super move for now. Um, this is the last. This is the the bout to knock the other guy out. <laughs> the last super move submitted by, of course, the last Reekin. Ah, right. Had to be well timed and coordinated there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the attack move that the last Reekin submitted is called the Eternal Freezing Finger. Yes. How the attack works. I love how he described it, kind of like he labeled it like a like a FAQ would do it. How the attack works. Character using attack targets. Using the attack, targets an opponent and runs forward while reciting the following words. The hand, this hand of mine is freezing blue. Its pierced wall 
This pierced whale demands me to obliterate you and change fate. Here I go. Eternal freezing finger. So anime. <laughs> the character then runs forward and grabs the opponent by the head, throws them in the air, and blasts them with a beam of ice. The opponent falls to the ground and shatters. Oh, that's very much. 100% combat. anime. 100% anime. No doubt about that. And I felt the only way to truly respect an anime attack would be a theme from an anime fighter. And this is probably what I consider to be the first anime fighter I've ever played. And funnier still is I thought I picked this track on the show in the past, but I could not find it on the site. So guess what? It's coming up now. Yeah, I, I couldn't oh. find it either. So I think we're good. <laughs> this track comes from the game Evil Zone on the PlayStation 1. Mm. And it's titled Midori's Theme. And it was composed by Tease Music, but apparently the member of Tease Music that did it was Satoshi Miyashita. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, I had no idea this was Tease Music. That's really cool.
Welcome back. You're listening to Midori Steam from the game Evil Zone on the PlayStation 1, composed by Tease Music, particularly Satoshi Miyashita. And while we did both acknowledge that this sounded very similar to the last track I picked in the sense of like energy guitar rock and stuff. Oh, very similar I don't to, know. Very similar to the seven twenty degrees track also, I think. Oh. You know, Just different instruments. <laughs> I did, but there it is. I'm like, that's what it is. I'm like, I didn't get, I didn't get to connect, but the different instruments is where I was losing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm waiting for the. Grr, grr, grr. I know I had what? this game. I had this game when it was out, and I was into it because I, I like fighting games anyway. But I, I never made the connection that this was teased music. I didn't either. But at the same time, back then, I didn't even know about a teased music. I was just more like, this sounds great. All right. Um, and in fact, I didn't learn about teased music until we started doing this show. So, but I also didn't make that connection until this very episode to be perfectly honest with you but uh this game was an interesting one because it was made to be really simple an easy fighter like all the attacks are done with like one button literally yeah, like yeah. you told you think smash brother attacks are easy oh no um but despite that the game still vastly okay to play because the idea was that it was less about what moves you were doing and when is more about when you did them um but the best thing about it, and also why I chose this for the, for the attack, is because Evil Zone is anime fighter in the truest sense. Every character you have has a story arc, but it plays out in the form of anime episodes. Between every battle, they do a whole, on the next episode, I have to go oh, up against my my faded rival. Can I stand up to them? We'll find out. On that's right, They even have yeah. a title for the next stage. It's, it was crazy. Um but and the thing about it was like it wasn't even like they were like elaborate story scenes or anything. It was just those moments of episode exposition, <laughs> like getting you hyped for the next fight. Yeah. So, so, so the last weekend's like most anime move ever. You got to pick the most anime fighting game of like the '90s. <laughs> that's correct, and I feel like I don't even have to describe like how the game, how the move would fit in the game because it would literally play out just, just like he like described that, it. Yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> the track I picked um, wouldn't exactly fit in this game with the move that he described, but it's definitely icy, and I wanted to play music from Spyro the Dragon, so gosh darn it, <laughs> that's what you're getting. Because th- this this is the Spyro the Dragon music is a mood, and that's the mood I want right now. So we're going to listen to Ice Cavern from Spyro the Dragon for the Sony PlayStation, composed none other by Stuart Copeland.
back. You are listening to The Ice Cavern from Spyro the Dragon for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Stuart Copeland. And yeah, I love the music from this game. I've, I've honestly never played through Spyro. I know my wife has, and I've watched her play through a lot of it. <laughs> and uh, I know you have too, right? You played a lot I of I played Spyro. a good chunk yeah. of this game, yeah. Earlier this year, or maybe late last year, time kind of rolls over on itself lately, but I played a good chunk of the first game on Electric Boogaloo's recommendation. And when you figure how terrible I am at focusing on a game these days because I'm jumping from title to title, it still speaks volumes that I was putting as much time in this as I did because every level I did, I 100%ed. Because like, this game doesn't have unlockable abilities or anything. Mm-hmm. So you can all, you can do everything when you get to a stage. So I 100%ed everything. And this level, I spent a re- quite a bit of time on it before I was done mm-hmm. because there was a few spots that I just was like, how in the heck do you get up there? <laughs> but this track kind of stuck with me because of that. It wasn't, it's not a track that's particularly rocking or hopping or anything like that, but it's, it does a very good job of setting an atmosphere, setting a mood. It does. like this, And this, this mood is, yeah. you know, cold, it's not quite sterile, but I guess kind of sterile. Yeah, yeah. Cold, sterile cavern. Cold, sterile, icy, like the, the, um, uh, the song itself has a lot, like the, it, the, the production of the song. It's like a lot of like echo and reverb um, happening throughout all the sounds. There's dolphins? Um, I, uh, oh, I got you. You know, Reverb the Dolphin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Echo's brother Reverb. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 just kind of really neat sound. That they, I think a lot of times with icy stage music, the, um, I think the thing they would add is like bells. You know, kind of sleigh bells. And this song has a lot of bells in it, but it's kind of jazzy bells. Um, jazzy bells all the way. So with this it's one, not it's even um, Halloween. Yeah, you know, Spyro is a cute cute little dragon but what he does is he points at his enemy and snaps his finger and turns them into ice and then he rushes towards like, them and <laughs> I feel like Spyro would do that to you for calling him cute <laughs> he, would, he would literally hate that oh, he's adorable I know that's what makes him so cute though <laughs> he hates it. it's like a cat you know who are you calling cute <laughs> I love him I'm a hero and he is a hero he's a cute little hero <laughs> Because the whole game uh, is like him trying to prove himself to the to the great dragons, and he's a little tiny right. And you come up and like, look how cute you are. <laughs> that's all I got, man. That's all I got. All right, so so that these were um, these were the five we, we picked to, to listen to for today's show. Um, the five super moves, um, but we took um, we took all these names, we put them into the hat, which was an Excel spreadsheet. And we rustled up <laughs> magic spreadsheet. And we rustled up the hat, which was a random number, and then pulled some names out, which was sorting the names based on a random number. <laughs> and so the winners of uh, this month's contest, you win a free T-shirt. We'll, we'll, we're going to be emailing you, and we're going to be asking you what shirt you want, what size, and what color. Um, it's Chris Murray, Matt's Holmkvist, and Sonic Medley. So, congratulations, gents. Congratulations to all of you. Thank you very much for taking part of our competition and for uh, being a part of our episode. Thank, uh, thanks to all of uh, everybody who wrote to us. And, and thanks to uh, Chris, Matt, Sonic Medley, Last Regan, and Ian Snyder. For, and hopefully we did your moves yeah. justice. Yeah, thanks for being part of our show. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening. This is our this is how we're kicking off season uh, 25 of Rhythm and Pixels. And if we could think of something else like this, I wouldn't mind trying it. I, I, the thing about it is like, and maybe yeah, hopefully you give away, away every month if we wanted to. Well, not every month because we can actually stretch out so people can actually try, like, give, submit their stuff do, we, and give them time. Okay, but bi monthly, 
Yeah, bi-monthly I'd be good with because the idea is like, I, I just like, well, we'd have to come up with stuff. Like, well, it wouldn't be hard. It's like twice a month. Let me just dip into my endless stream of cash. But uh, there's the idea of like, uh, like, I just like the concept of like having an excuse to engage with listeners. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is 100% that. It just, it does the trick. It's a, basically a way of saying, hey, guys, write into us and tell us your thoughts. And though we can't like sit there and have like a full on pointed conversation about it every single time i do feel as though the fact that we can even read the email and then address it on the show in a collective creative way is a good way to just be, still be like okay we're kind of connected we're communicating with each yeah, other it's, it's kind of nice it's a great way to connect in a, in a different creative way um with listeners and we're always happy to hear from you um from all of our listeners that is 100 percent true actually because it actually does happen where I could be having a rough day, or Rob could be just like, God, man, I'm getting bogged down. And out of nowhere, that email pops up. And I was like, wait a minute, someone wrote in. What did they have to say? And like, whoa, this is cool. Thanks yeah. for writing it. And it actually does do a way to, you know, kind of raise spirits in yeah, a sense. Like, to, to that end, I should uh, give a special shout out to uh, Frank Lee Zappa, who sent us a really nice email. Um, we're not going to read it on the air, but it was it was really, really nice to, to, to read that. So we really. We really, we both really appreciate that. So, um, and if you'd like to say anything to us, it doesn't have to be nice. You just be hello. Or if you have a, a music suggestion or even a topic suggestion, we would love to hear it. So send us an email, please. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. If you'd like to find a full track listing from our show, um, access to all of our episodes and links to all of the um uh, bands and cover artists and remix artists that we have on the bonus round part of our show check out the website rhythmandpixels.com and then if you want to see us on social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter we're Rhythm and Pixels, all one word uh, we have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts that's at youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels that's always uh, really cool we have um, a Discord uh, server. You can find the link on the website, rhythmandpixels.com. So we, there's a lot of chat happening over there. Uh, I was just uh, I, I alerted by Frank Lee Zappa, actually, that that link wasn't working anymore. So I fixed that. <laughs> so you go, <laughs> it's at the top of the page. You can click on Discord and you'll just drop right in and say hello. Um, and if yes, you'd like to support the show, all you got to do is tell people about it. You know, tell people that you like video game music. Or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and any donation there any uh subscription there or whatever it's called patronage there uh you get access to a weekly prequel episodes which is just me and pranel or me pranel and a guest just chatting about life and chatting about stuff um sometimes the the sometimes it's explicit and we'll let you know if we're going to be cursing in the episode or not usually or we it gets political we generally don't yeah, sometimes we get angry about something we get angry with each other if you want to hear me and Pernell like get into it you know let's be honest here I said I like peanut butter and he says I like chocolate I said I like peanut butter and he says I like oh 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 no see here's the thing I debate baby I if anything I enjoy stories like that I like peanut butter I like to explain yourself explain yourself <laughs> no no it's just fine it's just me and Pernell catching up um, on the weekend and with a guest it's always a lot of fun but uh, we also have a we also do a live streamed episode where we uh, record the episode in front of a live streamed audience from Patreon so you get access to all of that once a month um through patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And we also like to thank all of our um, uh, Patreon members. So we'd like to thank uh, Frankly Zappa, Fat Nick Walker, the, and the last weekend, 
uh, Mike Myers, and a new patron, uh, Michael Jennings. Davy Cakes. Yeah, hey, Michael Jennings. Uh, Davy Cakes. Bedroth from the VGM Very Good Music Podcast. Justin Schneider. Um, <laughs> You're XPG getting Radio. it. You're getting it. I'm figuring it out. Uh, Sonic Medley. Taco. Harold Howard. Dave Taylor. Reinhardt Selkova. Andreas Muehlberg. Dan Lauten. Sleepy S'more, which was a uh, Phantom. I love that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a uh, it was uh, Phantom Jest. I think they changed their their Twitch name or something. So I don't know. That, that's how it was on on, on Patreon. I'm going to say Sleepy S'more. Uh, Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer, eighty nine. Cameron Worma, Christopher Sendstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Car- Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes Three Podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM Podcast and brian pitt so thank you all very much for your continued support of our little podcast thanks for being awesome individuals we very much appreciate you write in chat with us more and get down on those podcast groups or rather Mm -hmm. i guess the oh discord in the rhythm and pistols check the one again there's something i do want to point out um uh uh, a hammock from kv uh next week Actually, when this episode comes out, this this past week, which was this past Sunday, their um, his hundredth episode is being released. So go check that out. His his show is fantastic. It's it's just about thirty minutes. It's every week, and it is just super chill, super smooth, super sexy video game music. Like it is. And Hammock's just a great person. Really good, and he's a great host. He's so funny. He's so relaxed. Uh, but his hundredth episode is coming out. He's got a bunch of uh, um, guest people coming on the show guests coming on the show saying hi and hello and congratulating him for 100 episodes so you might hear some familiar voices on that show just saying (laughs) (laughs) you might hear you might hear the keyboard elf you haven't seen him in a while have you you haven't seen mc hammer in a while keep mc hammer rapping about keyboard elves that's right delicious elves just getting a little crazy getting a little crazy up in here (laughs) Uh, y'all gonna make me eat cookies up in here (laughs) That's something different, but I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, check out KVGM, the last wave. Um, you can find that on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. It's really, really good. And okay, I think that's all I've got. Um, yeah, do you have anything else you want to say, Pernell? Um, no, just keep playing those games you recommend some games came out. Uh, oh duh, i gotta i gotta called, get gabbing about it's called these blown cartridges and you just did like uh, a whole talk with the crew about super mario brothers is that right yeah like it was a it was a it was a part of a i guess it ended up being like a two or a three or four part series on like discussing the nes launch lineup of games it's just me and a couple of friends some of which i actually met for the first time when we started the show um talking about game stuff like that retrospective was on nes games we're about to do a retrospective on resident evil one um and then we do just whatever comes to mind like the host will say hey let's talk about this and you know me i like to talk so (laughs) i can almost get down with any topic so i haven't missed an episode yet because you got it it. hey baby and of course there's the sml podcast which i do game reviews for and then we gab a lot and apparently a number of like interviews are popping up like apparently we just interviewed a guy who originally was just a cool gent that worked on the game hexagroup but then later learned that he was also one of the original developers for um, the Owenden games oh, um, no for kidding. the Nintendo DS. Oh, oh yeah, I, had, I was 
Huh. They're great. Oh, so that makes sense. The, 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 rhythm, the rhythm game, you know, matches. It fits. Yeah, I was really shocked. And apparently he also was like one of the... I think he said he directed Guitar, Guitaru Man Lives on the PSP. Uh, oh. So he had an interesting... He had a pedigree that I didn't even expect. And then, of course, I got really... Guessing, oh, my God! I love Elite Beat Agents in Winden. I'm a nerd! <laughs> like, I got into it. But it was a great conversation. And, uh, of course, then there's the game reviews and just general banter. So check any of those shows out. But keep listening to Rhythm and Pixels because we love Rhythm and Pixels. <laughs> yeah, so check out the SML podcast. Check out Blown Cartridges. Um, two other excellent shows that Purnell is doing. So go take... Just, just well, as soon as this is over, look that up. And then that'll be your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and what a weekend what a weekend um, yeah yard work and Purnell's voice <laughs> I, don't know, I do find out honestly I need to do some darn yard work yeah, season's yeah. almost up and I'm still like if I can just hold on a little longer maybe all the grass will just die and I won't have to do anything <laughs> I, mean, so I, gotta, I gotta pull some weeds anyway um, that's our show so thanks very much for listening to Rhythm and Pixels my name is Rob Nichols and I'm Purnell have a great week and remember, fitness, it comes up sometimes on the show, but for good reason. Rob and I are fitness junkies, or Rob's a fitness junkie, and I'm still rushing to get that high. I'm trying to get there. But I will say that it's easier said than done sometimes. Workouts can get boring if you do the same stuff, and even sometimes when you vary it up. But there's reasons for why you keep going, and that's to see progress. But what do you do in the interim? What is a cool thing you could do in the middle between so getting started and the point where you feel ripped and jacked. Well, here's a dumb but effective thing for you. Anime fighting game moves <laughs> and fighting game purpose. Uh, I kid you not, I genuinely do do this. Uh, sometimes it ends up being just as fun as saying, okay, picture what you're training yourself for, but not in a real sense of, you know, I'm training to lift the laundry basket and carry it up the stairs. No, you're trading for a fighting game tournament that or a fighting tournament that will be happening in your town in two years. And in order to do that, you need to do 10 hammer punches every at intervals for five minutes. Oh. And of course, that hammer punch can even be you practicing a sword swing because, you know, you got to prep for that super move. Or the best thing I like to do if I'm throwing a bunch of punches, I always do that whole super punch thing where you start rapid punching like ah, you scream into it like you're doing a super move of some sort. It's ridiculous. It's freaking stupid. And I got to tell you, it's actually very fun. Um, I do it a lot. I do it almost all the exercises I do. I have some goofy scenario for everything I do. Not even making it up. And you could too. It's just a fun way to get yourself motivated to be active because honestly, I've, I've come up with a lot of super moves for sitting on the couch too, but none of them are nearly as fun. <laughs> so give it a shot. See what you think. You might like it. <laughs>